The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. The Cinema Gold Show with your host, Larry Lease. From the small screen to the big screen, we cover all the latest entertainment news. Join us on your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube every weekday. Welcome to the Cinema Gold Show. I'm your host, Larry Lease. Today we're diving into the latest movies and giving our review of The Tomorrow War. Forever Purge and No Sudden Move, all out, either on streaming or at the box office. So let's dive right in. We're first going to review The Tomorrow War, which is available on Amazon Prime. It's been a wild ride from Parks and Rec to Guardians of the Galaxy in Jurassic World. In a rare feat, Chris Pratt made the leap from character actor to action star. And he did it with an enticing swagger and a gleefully goofy sense of humor. He'd forged a comfy niche where audiences enjoyed watching him boldly swing into action and whip out witticisms. So what possessed him to sign on to the Tomorrow War? A profoundly insipid and unsatisfying sci-fi action flick that shows off only what he is not. Pratt is at his best playing knuckleheads, who are lovable even when arrogant. One could grin, and we might forgive him all of his trespasses. However, in the Tomorrow War, Pratt goes against type, shedding his wisecracks and cockiness to play sulking scientist with daddy issues and thwarted ambitions. You see, Dan Forrester, played by Pratt, feels his biology skills are wasted teaching high school science. He dreams of working in a groundbreaking laboratory, but while lamenting to his 
tall wife and young daughter, the world as he knows it changes forever. A squadron of soldiers from the future trudge through a wormhole and onto a global broadcast to drop a bombshell. 29 years from now, mankind is losing a battle with a ravenous and mysterious alien force called the White Spikes. Naturally, Dan will be pulled out of his miserable life to tromp into a high-stakes battle, not only for his daughter's future, but for the future of all mankind. The original screenplay by Zach Dean is sure to mention that Dan has a history in the military. So, of course, he's a no-nonsense, born to lead hero, even when the world is falling apart around him. Couple this with the smarts suggested by a scientist's aspirations, and Dan should be a real force in this film. However, Pratt just doesn't have the range to make it work. This is the, this is the kind of part you might imagine Tom Cruise playing three decades back. A self-assured but slightly sad man of action. Chris Pratt is no Tom Cruise. Without the wise cracking and cheeky grins, he seems at a loss as to what to do with his face. A resting furrowed bro might be meant to express incredulity, determination, consternation, maybe even constipation. The point is, it's Pratt's only move. Whether he's facing an alien onslaught, confronting his estranged father, or having a heart-to-heart with his heartbroken daughter, Dan furrows that brow. And just like that, the dazzling screen presence that launched Pratt into multiple tentpole franchises is extinguished. It's as if smirks were the source of his star power, and now he's Samson, shaved bald and unremarkable. By the time a telegraph plot to his calls on him for pathos, he's long lost the thread. Throughout the film, Pratt is outshone by a sprinkling of supporting players who all deserve better. Gilpin, who is riveting and glow, and the hunt, brings a welcome intensity to the thankless role of Dan's wife a stock character defined chiefly by her support of her hero husband. Yvonne Strofsky, Edwin Hodge, and Mary Lynn Raskub, all can never say her name right, play varying degrees of steely to snarly in future battlefields. That ache for character, rocking a burly bod and a grizzled beard, J.K. Simmons delivers spark in a small but potent part as an off-the-grid rogue but even the paragon of character acting struggles to make Dean's stale script work. Choking on a metrosexual joke that is old enough to buy a stiff drink. The comic relief is chiefly shouldered by Veep's Sam Richardson in a role that could have been Pratt's not so long ago. Playing an affable everyman who rambles when he's nervous, Richardson wedges levity into every moment he's able. While his manic energy is welcome, the bits he's given are uninspired. Sure, in the moment, it's funny watching him flee while hollering expletives, but none of the so-called jokes stick long enough to be remembered. Which is to say, maybe even a true cruise couldn't have saved the Tomorrow War. Dean's script is overstuffed with lazy jokes, sappy speeches, and clunky proclamations like, quote, We are literally living on borrowed time. Yet none of this is as bad as the main plot, which is just inexplicably dumb. In the Tomorrow War, mankind has invented time travel. Specifically, it's a form of travel that allows people from 2051 to come back to 2022, or vice versa. They cannot go anytime else. Why not? Eh, it's a very good question, but it's waved away with a nonsense explanation involving a bunch of mixed metaphors about chicken wire, 
chewing gum and rivers. Okay, so what do the people in the future decide to do with this time shuttle power? If you'd ever seen any other time travel movie or TV show ever, you'd think they use it to pass along information or tools to help change the intervening 30 years and give humans an advantage against the vicious white spikes. But apparently the people in Tomorrow War have totally different pop culture touchstones than we do. This idea isn't even suggested before every nation in the world marches their military forces through a glowing blue portal. And when that's insufficient, conscripted civilians are chucked into the future war without training or even any idea what the aliens look like. That is a mighty big ask to accept on an Act 2 setup, yet the Tomorrow War seems totally unaware, barreling into a plotline that makes less and less sense as it spirals to an unimaginative climax of explosions, glossed over casualties, and a final showdown that is mind-numbling trite. Maybe you're not worried about plot and character and are just seeking some cool action sequences and creepy creatures. Here, too, the Tomorrow War disappoints, seemingly plucking inspiration from everything from Skyline and Independence Day to Cloverfield and Gremlins, but pulling away all the wrong lessons. The action sequences are sprawling, full of CG carnage and creatures. Some of these are gross and gloppy in a way that owes a debt to Joe Dante. Others turn a tidal wave of civilian deaths into a grim spectacle. Yet there's little art to the pacing or plotting of such sequences, so it all just feels plotting. Even the white spikes that should be ferocious look increasingly silly the longer the camera leers at them. They are a pasty jumble of limbs, tentacles, and mouths that look like a soppy, sloppy ripoff from Stranger Things. The Tomorrow War is astonishingly bad. It's got a confusing plot, an emotionally shallow hero arc, and monsters more messy than menacing. Then caked in made-for-TV-level visual effects, razzle-dazzle, slicked in a sickly low-contrast palette, the movie is downright ugly. Sure, it's got big and loud action, but nothing to rattle you to your core. I'd say it miscasts Chris Pratt, but he's an executive producer on the project, so he did this to himself. Still, much blame can be laid at the feet of director Chris McKay. It's astonishing that the Helmer of the Lego Batman movie followed that vibrant, funny, and wildly entertaining offering with an action movie that is such an inane eyesore, and yet that turn still makes more sense than the plot of The Tomorrow War. now on to our review of No Sudden Move. Don Cheadle and Benicio Del Toro lead an all-star cast through an offbeat caper and Steven Soderbergh's optically titled No Sudden Move. No Sudden Move is deviously sexy, not in that sweaty between the sheets way best enjoyed up against the wall. The subtle eroticism comes from what's under the sheets and behind the walls. Every character has something to hide and nothing to say about it. Secrets are like mascara, alibis are fedoras. Everybody wants something, but they won't say what it is. The biggest villains want something to disappear, and they certainly don't want anybody talking about it. No sudden movie, or no sudden move, excuse me, is a heist film, but don't go in expecting Ocean's Eleven. In spite of the all-star cast, this is a theft worth savoring. 
Soderbergh gives the players room to breathe. Of course, any of those breaths can be the character's last, which becomes apparent very quickly. Most of the other information trickles out like blood from exit wounds as the film captures the most muted tones of classic film noir. The body count isn't the most exciting part of the movie, though. It's the ulterior motives. Brendan Fraser plays a button man named Jones, who is putting a three-man team together for a contract job. Don Cheadle's Kurt Goins is newly out of prison and needs a scratch. Benicio Del Toro's Ronald Russo is a dapper professional who doesn't like having to look over his shoulder and could use cold cash to improve his view. Kieran Culkin plays Charlie Barnes, and he wears ulterior motives on his lapel. He comes into the movie looking like he just finished burying a body. It all begins with a simple plan. Just a few hours work. Two of the mobsters have to babysit a family, while the other one escorts the dad into work so he can pick up some papers. It's almost the plot of The Desperate Hours, the classic 1955 home invasion hostage thriller that starred Humphrey Bogart and Frederick March. But that's just the opening riff of a landlocked surf tune. As no sudden move quickly rides a different wave on increasingly treacherous waters. Set in 1954, no sudden move lets the Motor City live up to its name. Before Motown churned out hits, Detroit was best known for pumping out cars. Those factory line manufactured vehicles pumped out emissions, darkening side guidelines like Soderbergh clouds his intent. Written by Ed Solomon, this is as far from his work on Men in Black or Bill and Ted as can be imagined. There are no gadgets in sight, and the comedy is so subtle you sometimes have to strain your ears to hear it. Like much of the dialogue, everything about the film is low key. The angriest threats come out as barely perceptible whispers while the beatings are often telegraphed. Everyone in the film is corrupt, and everyone gets double-crossed. Mertz thinks he can sweet-talk his way into a safe because he's been screwing his boss's secretary, played by Frankie Shaw. Russo has been having a very dangerous affair with his boss's wife, Vanessa, played by Julia Fox, and her husband isn't just any boss. It's Frank Capelli, who is in charge of organized crime in Detroit. The scene, which confirms any suspicions about the affair, is a short film in itself. Kurt came out of prison with a plan. He stashed a suitcase with a code book he hopes will get him off the hook with crime lord Aldrich Watkins and help him earn enough cash to buy back some land he claims was taken from him. The entire film is color-coded. Goyne's property was taken during the city's urban renewal phase, when whole neighborhoods were seized from African-American homeowners through corporate and court-approved eminent domain. A black bellhop or waiter might give a knowing nod and wink to Kurt during perilous maneuvers around white pursuers. Russo is paid more than Goyne's to do the job, and his bounty is higher when the mob wants recourse. Cheadle is quiet quietly commanding as Goins, the smartest of the freelance criminals. He's a hustler who has a messy past with the gangsters and knows how to make things happen on the fly. Russo is a little dim, but smart enough to be suspicious of everyone. He doesn't want to be in the prone shotgun position. Goins and Russo form an uneasy partnership when they realize they've been set up and were supposed to be eliminated after the job. 
They realized the document they stole was worth a bundle. Set out to skip the middleman and get their payday from the highest bidder. The scheme is improvised as the characters go along and the plot gleefully follows. The big picture comes together more like a jigsaw puzzle than a blueprint, and it's an engineering marvel. The cars, clothes, architecture, and pork pie hats of the time are expertly recreated by production designer Hannah Beachler. And of course, John Hamm looks like a period piece no matter where he's set. His detective, Joe Finney, comes out on the comes on the scene to investigate an improbable act of self-defense when one of the intruding trio winds up on the floor at Mertz's house. The accountant's wife and daughter stick to an agreed story, but his son has a harder time keeping secrets the most valuable asset in a film like this. The detective is keeping things pretty close to his vest as well, though there is one scene where he appears to hide his darkest deeds in plain sight. No sudden move expertly reveals how the most sinister of crimes are committed in full view of the public. For all the criminals, cutthroats, and scoundrels of the film, the most vile villain is Mr. Big, played with a smarmy grin and privileged authority by Matt Damon. He is not a mob kingpin in perfect pinstripes, but he is scarier than Luca Rossi in The Godfather, the book, not the movie. There's no conscience. There's no regret something even Brassi had. There's only the bottom line, and he keeps his ledgers in the black. No sudden move is pure old-fashioned cinema art. The film even opens on a vintage Warner Brothers logo. Soderbergh trades in his iPhone for old model cameras and lenses, and the only special effects are the same skewered camera angles used during the golden age of Hollywood. The characters come across as genuine Genuinely desperate, like the crime crew in Stanley Kubrick's 1955, The Killing, and their final payoff is as poignantly unsatisfying. Good things only seem to happen to bad people, but it's by design. No Sudden Move is available now on HBO Max. Right now, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow, grow your audience or get more engagement, you're going to want to check out poddex.com and use code LARRY21 for 10% off your first order. That's promo code L-A-R-R-Y 21 for 10% off your first order. Thank you, and now let's get back to the episode. And now on to our third and final topic, our review of the Forever Purge. The Purge series was born in rage, and to rage it must return. Writer and director James DeMonaco has traced the origin of the movies to a fist fight he once got into when a deranged drunk driver nearly killed him and his wife on the Brooklyn Queens Expressway. Afterwards, DeMonaco recalled his wife, saying, Wouldn't it be great if we all had one free one a year? He emerged with the premise of a dystopian but outwardly peaceful United States, where every year for 12 hours, pretty much all crime is legal, and citizens are allowed to kill, rape, and pillage at will. The first film, The Purge, used that idea mostly as a nifty but vague backdrop for a fun, slightly futuristic home invasion thriller starring Ethan Hawke and Lena Haiti. It was with the second entry... 2014, The Purge Anarchy, 
Demonico took to the streets to show what Purge Night actually looked and felt like. And the movies came into their own with a cavalcade of monsters ripped from the American ID. Gun nuts, mad preachers, racist goons, leisure snipers, sadistic gangs, vigilantes, and rich psychopaths overseen by opportunistic politicians manipulating societal dysfunction to their own murderous ends. Whatever the artistic merits of anyone entering the series, it's bracing to see a big studio franchise reflect the toxic impulses of American society through its own twisted, blood-soaked lens. The five Purge movies acknowledge that what really drives American society is rage, and it propels ideology left, right, and center, and the other way around. That becomes especially clear with the Forever Purge. Most confrontational and nihilistic of the films, as well as the most somber and contemplative. Dedicated viewers may recall that Purge Night was vanquished with the happy ending of 2016's The Purge Election Year, released just a few months before the election of a president who himself could have been a character straight out of a Purge movie. The new installment tells a story that is much neo western as urban survival thriller. Two Mexican immigrants fleeing cartel violence back home to make a new life across the border in Texas are greeted, unsurprisingly, with a wall that has these colors don't run, graffiti scrawled across it. The character Juan finds work on a ranch, Adela, at a meatpacking plant. Unfortunately for them, however, Purge Night has been reinstated, and various groups of seemingly unconnected psychos have decided one night of slaughter just isn't enough. Some of the killers are from white nationalist militias determined to purify American society. Others are workers looking to butcher their bosses, complaining of exploitation and slave wages. One of the franchise's more overt acknowledgments is that many Americans aren't looking for justice or to fulfill any other explicitly political goal. The purgers just want carnage, and they'll find whatever justification they can. This results in an unlikely coalition among the good guys. Juan and Adela join wealthy rancher Dylan Tucker and his pregnant wife Cassie, among others, as they try to flee to, irony, Mexico, which has now opened its borders to American refugees. Shocking. Dylan is a bigot with a locker full of guns who's humiliated by the fact that Juan is a better horse wrangler than he is. In previous Purge films, a character like this would have been a prime candidate to use Purgeonite to get his resentments out. But Dylan actually hates the event and just wants to live through it. He's not irredeemable, and it's clearly early on that trying to survive the forever purge alongside an assortment of immigrants and activists will help him see the light. Even the so-called new founding fathers of America aren't the main bad guys this time. In fact, the NFFA is using the military to try to stop the post-purge purge from happening, albeit not very effectively. Forever Purge jumps through a variety of styles and subgenres as it precedes some extended sequences will remind you of a Mad Max flick. The hodgepodge is weirdly appropriate. The genre identity of the Purge movies has always been nebulous. When a couple of jump scares pop up early in the new film, they feel thoroughly unnecessary. 
We don't go to purge movies for momentary frights. We go for existential ones. Once upon a time, the innate awfulness of humans might have been a controversial notion. The purge movies have gone back and forth on the matter. In the 2018 prequel, The First Purge, we saw how the participants in the very first purge night initially resisted violence, opting to spend their night of freedom parting their hearts out. But this film settles the matter once and for all. After eight years spent taking the pulse of the country, the purge films have decided the patient is terminal. You can check out The Forever Purge in theaters. Let us know what you thought about these films. Send us a tweet at The Cinema Gold Show. Actually, on Twitter at Cinema Gold Show. On Instagram at The Cinema Gold Show. And let us know your thoughts. Follow us on uh, YouTube. Just search Cinema Gold Show. And we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for watching The Cinema Gold Show. If you liked what you heard, subscribe to our podcast on all major platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Cinema Gold Show. And like us on Instagram at The Cinema Gold Show. Support the show by buying us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash cinemagold. As always, thank you for listening. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save